The desperation is palpable as Donald Trump's unhinged speeches get more vile, more dangerous, and more weird. Donald Trump gave more speeches in Iowa where he said he was declaring war on democracy. He said that the Affordable Care Act is a disaster and that he wants to rip it away from Americans. He said that if Jesus was the scorekeeper, he would win in California, Illinois, and New York. And he whined that President Joe Biden is, quote, buying votes with the infrastructure projects going up across the country. And last night at 1 a.m. in the morning, Donald Trump started posting insults at Liz Cheney, calling her crazy, and then calling Robert De Niro a, quote, mental midget. Just utterly deranged and despicable conduct will break it down and will compare it to the alternative, President Joe Biden, who I had the honor of interviewing in Pueblo, Colorado last week at the largest windmill factory in the entire world. I got to show President Biden a video of Lauren Boebert since we were actually in her congressional district in Pueblo, uh, calling the Inflation Reduction Act a massive failure despite it bringing massive jobs to her district and throughout the country. President Biden and I also discussed the importance of our democracy, supporting women's reproductive freedoms, and President Biden spelled out the threat posed by Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans. Impact reporting, MidasTouch.com, once again identified another violation of the terms of release of Donald Trump co-defendant in the Fulton County RICO case. Donald Trump's co-defendant, Trevian Cuddy, who claims she was a crisis PR manager for R. Kelly and Kanye West. She's the one who threatened Ruby Freeman on January 4th, 2021 in that Cobb County police station. Well, this past week, she took to Instagram Live to attack Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis and once again threaten Ruby Freeman. The Midas Touch research team reported on that Instagram Live, and we have now learned that an investigation into Cuddy's potential violations of the terms of her release is now underway in Fulton County, Georgia, which may lead not only to a revocation of her bond, but another indictment may be looming as well. Trevi and Cuddy responded by attacking us at Midas Touch and saying that she wants to turn Midas Touch into Trevian Touch. Wow, burn. Good one there, Trevian. <laughs> God got us. This got us. One, you got us. This Shut follows my this <laughs> follows Midas Touch breaking other major stories involving other co-defendants of Donald Trump violating their terms of release, as well as our reporting identifying Donald Trump violating his gag order in New York back in October. Speaking of Donald Trump's New York gag order in the civil fraud case, today Donald Trump sought emergency expedited relief to appeal to New York's highest court to remove the gag order, prohibiting him from attacking Judge Ngoron's principal law clerk. 
The appellate division, however, swiftly rejected Donald Trump's request. Finally, MAGA Republican James Comer once again has egg on his face after announcing earlier in the day that he had smoking gun evidence of improper activity involving Hunter Biden receiving payments from Joe Biden. Turns out that Comer was referring to Hunter Biden repaying his dad, Joe Biden, on a loan for a truck back in 2018 for $4,000. This was reported before, and this happened before Joe Biden was even running for president. He was not the vice president. He loaned his son money for a truck, and that's what they're doing this whole impeachment charade for. That and more here on the Midas Touch podcast. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Brett and Jordy. I feel bad because on our last show on Thursday, I had known that I had conducted that interview with President Joe Biden the day before. That's why I was at that hotel in Denver, Colorado, for those who were watching the channel then as we were recording it. I just didn't want to give away what was going to happen until the appropriate time when we could announce. So I wasn't able to share it on Thursday's show, but by now I hope all of you have been able to watch that interview. We will show you some of the highlights from that as well on this show. Yeah, no, it was a incredibly hard secret to keep. I'm not going to lie about it. When you're holding on to that the whole time, we wanted to be able to tell the Midas Mighty, but we hope we made you proud out there. Ben, I think you did such an excellent job, such a historic interview, honestly, to get the president on the record about all those things and all the issues that I know the Midas Mighty care about the most, uh, our, our democracy, these MAGA Republicans, mm-hmm. uh, these rejection of MAGA Republicans, of policies that are actually helping people in their own districts. I think the contrast was on full display. And we spoke a little bit last week about our trip to Pueblo, Colorado. And we had such a great time in Pueblo, Colorado, because you know what? It it makes it all real. You know, it's one thing to really, it's one thing to name stats. It's one thing to speak about the issues, you know, from like a 30,000 foot view. It's another thing to be literally on the ground, speaking with the workers who got jobs because of a piece of legislation. I mean, there's nothing realer than that. To see the looks on their faces, to see them beaming with pride that the president is there at their place of work and that they have jobs thanks to him. I mean, it is truly, truly such an incredible sight to see. I will never forget the conversations, Ben, that we had with the workers there and the experience uh, with President Biden was so glad that you were able to ask some questions there. We will certainly play some clips. And I I will in a, in a minute. I'll update the description here. I'm going to put the link to the full interview with Smart. Ben and President Biden in the description of this podcast. So make sure to check that out. Also, if you have not seen it, I am telling you, you are missing out. Jordy, what's new, my man? I'm just going to reiterate what you said right there, B. You're missing out if you haven't seen the interview. Ben, your interview with President Biden was amazing. I mean, you're so frustrating to me at times because, like, all of a sudden, you're, you're like a great interviewer now. Like, like, you, you've never had this skill before. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a great interviewer. And and all of a sudden you're just like a world-class interviewer. It was a wonderful 
video. I mean, Jordy, to be fair, yeah. like my job right now and my profession is I, I, I interview you, people for the Midas Touch Network. I'm just saying, so. you got really, really good, really, really quickly. And as the younger brother, it's frustrating, but I am just so proud of you also because it, it's an incredible interview. And if you haven't seen it, like Brett said, he's putting it in the description of this YouTube of the audio. Check it out. It's I don't great. know if Jordy remembers this also, Ben, but you're also an attorney. You did some cross-examinations of folks. You were <laughs> it's so annoying that you're a good lawyer. What do you do? Like, study up on this? I've been a lawyer for like 13 years of my what, life. What you do? Try. Take a, a law class or something? Or you read Law for Dummies or something? <laughs> well, oh, there you have it. And I made sure to give a shout out, though, during that interview to the Midas Mighty. And I discussed with President Biden how we talk about being unapologetically pro-democracy. And President Biden shared the importance of preserving and protecting our democracy. We'll show you those clips in just a bit. But I do want to start by comparing President Biden's interview with me to the alternative. Politics is about choices. And I want to show you what happened in Iowa this past weekend where Donald Trump returned with his traveling fascist circus that he calls a rally and started saying some really deranged things over and over again. I don't want Donald Trump's behavior to ever be normalized. And I know at times there's so much going on with him attacking the judge and the judge's wife and every prosecutor. And I know his behavior is so abhorrent at times it can be hard to keep track of. But that's what we're here to do. We want to keep track of it. We want to expose the lies, expose the danger. And we want to compare it to what else is out there, what politics really should be about. You know, one of the things when I talked to President Biden that I found so illuminating is that he said there's numerous other Republicans, not MAGA Republicans, Republicans who he's friends with, who tell him privately, look, I would love to support your policies. I support your policies. I'm just going to get primaried by these MAGAs if I do. So there's nothing I can do. And that's a sad state of our country right now, totally. that the entire Republican Party has become a cult that's being run by Donald Trump. So let me show you what Donald Trump said. First and foremost, he said, after trying to attack President Biden for using teleprompters or confusing words, and by the way, when I was with President Biden, he was great. I just want to be very, very clear about that. Here's Donald Trump saying that he is declaring war on American democracy, and he says on American democracy. Play this clip. But we've been waging an all-out war in American democracy. And so you hear what he is there, and then there's that website. Is it pronounced Snopes, Brett? Is that how yeah, they call themselves? Snopes, yeah. <laughs> Snopes. Sometimes I call it Snoops, but they call it Snopes. And so out of nowhere, Snopes did a fact check on us and other media networks that just said that Donald Trump said that he's declaring war on democracy. And Snopes wanted everybody to know that what Donald Trump was saying, they claim, was that he was saying he's declaring war in democracy, which I've never <laughs> even on. heard of what that. Come on. And what Donald Trump appears to have been just jumbling was 
He was trying to attack his opponents in kind of the dystopian projection that he does and say that they, his opponents, are declaring war on democracy. But Donald Trump said that he is declaring war on democracy. That's what, And we made that clear in our post. But, you know, Snopes running to Donald Trump's defense. Creating it's a bizarre a- instinct. It's such a bizarre instinct to like fact check that, which everybody here heard with their own ears just now. And by the way, like we weren't the only people who reported this. Like this is something that was actually reported by the Washington Post, by the New York Times, by CNN. It was reported by many outlets, but yet Snopes picked us out and like uh, one other account or something and said, no, that's not what happened. He said war in American democracy, which isn't even the right correction. Like, like all you got to do is say what we said, by the way, in our tweet, which is that it's likely just a Freudian slip. But it actually, for the first time in his Freudian slip, he actually told the truth for the first time. That is the correct way to do it. And when it comes down to it, there is one or two things that could have happened there. One is he actually meant what he said, which would be a, a, a pretty big deal. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume he did not uh, because of the context of his later statements in that speech. Um, although his actions certainly speak to his war on American democracy. Everything he does, everything else in his speech, he is declaring a war on American democracy. Or the second more likely thing here is that Donald Trump had a bit of a cognitive moment, as we could call it here. And that's what happened. I mean, that's what happened here. And for them to like be like fact check, it's so ridiculous. It shows everything that's wrong with a lot of these publications. But you know, I, I think the actual pronunciation for for Snopes is, is schmucks. Um. Anyway, so the thing the thing with that article, it's just why bend over backwards to do the wrong work anyway for this this lunatic that is Donald Trump. I have to give so such a shout out to the Midas Mighty and just our audience in general because they were on it. A Twitter feed. That's how I actually found out about the story here it is are the people who I follow from the Midas Mighty were, were tweeting at that account like schmuck Snopes what, delete your account like what, like what is this dude this is an absolute bizarre fact check I pride ourselves on having like one of the most media literate audiences out there so again huge shout out to the Midas Mighty and you know it's just like this is what's at stake at this time well there's so many things to fact check them on almost every other sentence in that speech is a lie, including that sentence that he's giving. If he's trying to attack President Biden for attacking democracy, that's a fact check that I would make on Donald Trump. Not yeah, that's the, fact the appropriate check fact on check. us calling Donald Trump out for what the words that uttered from his mouth were. Yeah. I want to show you other things that you could easily fact check. Like here, Donald Trump says that Democrats are coming for your dishwashers. Play this clip. Well, it's okay if you want to go about five miles away from your house, but get back quick. They don't go far. They want to talk about your dishwashers and how much water you're going to have in your dishwasher, even though they don't work. And all of the other things that you have that were so precious and dear and that you never really appreciated until now because they want to take them away. You're heating and cooling in your house. They want to change it. They want to change everything. These people. So just think about it. You could so easily fact check that every single word he says there is completely false. It's, it's just made up. It's part of this Fox right wing disinformation echo chamber that just spews this filth 
on a daily basis. Nobody's taking away your dishwashers. No one's coming for stoves. No one's coming for your AC. It is all false. So if I was Snopes, if my website was fact-checking, I'd probably focus on that. Or how about this? Donald Trump saying that the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare is a disaster while mocking John McCain, the late great Republican John McCain. Play this clip. We're also going to fight to give much better health care than what you have right now. This is a newer subject, but Obamacare is a disaster. And I said, we're going to we're going to do something about it. I saved Obamacare when we got John McCain's negative vote. You know, he voted against it after campaigning for many, many years. He said, uh, thumbs down. It was an amazing night. Okay, fact check. False. The Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, is very popular. Donald Trump is threatening to take away health care from up to 40 million Americans. Donald Trump isn't saving anything. He's trying to destroy Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act. Donald Trump promised during his administration that he would terminate it and replace it with something better. And just like his promise of infrastructure coming every two weeks was totally false. Like what I just did in 20 seconds Snopes could have done. And by the way, had a great appropriate story. Instead, they're saying that Donald Trump said he declared war in democracy. I mean, just think about the power of your pen as a reporting group and that that's where you choose to focus it. How about this one? Donald Trump saying that President Biden is trying to buy votes by building infrastructure in America. Play the clip. Well, because you couldn't get them from the rhinos. Mitch McConnell and these guys, you couldn't get it. Uh, he was not good, not good. Uh, you couldn't get it from him. And Paul Ryan was like this real, a real jerk, a real fool, like a stupid fool. But uh, these guys, they wouldn't give it to you. They wouldn't give it. And now they end up giving trillions of dollars to this character, Biden. And he goes around saying, we'll build a bridge. We'll build whatever you want, you know, trying to buy votes. But it's not working because. OK, so Donald Trump promised infrastructure failed to deliver infrastructure. It would have been supported on a bipartisan basis. Donald Trump said it was coming every two weeks, but spent a full year playing golf. And by the way, as you listen to that entire statement that he made, I mean, he speaks like a literal fascist baby. You listen to him. That's not good. That's not good. Not good. Not good. He's a stupid fool. Stupid fool. Not good. Not good. And then he goes. I mean, as you listen to what he's saying there, it really is like watching an adult fascist man baby up there go Google Gaga. And it's like. I mean, that's that's what he was doing up there. Like the, the, he wasn't even putting together a single coherent sentence. It also really gives you an insight into his thinking. And oftentimes, you know, he will drop these little kind of nuggets during his speeches, which bring you into his psyche, which I don't like being in. But it shows you that everything that he does, he views through the lens, he views through a transactional lens. Like he's not doing things to help people. He's trying to do things to increase his own chances. He's Everything is selfish to him. How could this benefit me? I want this to help me. So he assumes that every 
everybody else operates in the same way. I'm going to help this bridge because it will help me. Now, you know, maybe there are actually some people out there who actually say that they're going to get something accomplished and then do get it accomplished and actually want to govern to actually help people and do what's best for the country and not for you and your family and Mar-a-Lago and whatever the hell else you want to go off on. And that idea right there of the selfishness, Brett, has just metastasized itself within this modern day Republican Party, where we look at Comer, who we'll, we'll talk about later, talking about these quote unquote bribes when they're repay. We'll get to this later, but it, it's a bigger issue than just Trump at this point as this behavior and this attitude of how can this benefit me as in a MAGA Republican versus what can I do, Ben, to your point, using the power of my pen and my authority to help the people whom I govern. Well, to, to your point, Jordy, when a lot of people were writing about my interview and our interview that we did with President Biden, they called me anti-Trump host. Anti-Trump. Yes. As, though I go around, as though I go around saying I'm I'm anti-Trump. No, I'm, I'm pro-democracy. This is a pro-democracy network. And what Donald Trump represents the threat he represents to our country. If he was just a failed real estate developer in New York who kept to himself, I would say that his conduct is corrupt. The issue is he and the the MAGA Republican Party are trying to infiltrate again our lives and take away our freedoms and impose this MAGA extremism across the country. That's what I'm against. They want to destroy our democracy. I'll tell you what I'm for. I'm for our democracy and preserving and protecting our democracy. It just, it goes to your point though, Jordy, there of the issue is bigger than just Trump. Trump's a fascist clown, but the danger that Trumpism represents and the fact that the MAGA Republican Party has turned itself so subservient and made itself into this cult. Yeah, they're anti-Trump host. Like I just go around. Just Just a bizarre, bizarre framing. It makes it sound like a slightly better compliment, Jordy, than I'm a little bit better than an amateur interviewer. So (laughs) it makes yeah, yeah. You didn't get that. You just got anti-Trump. It makes it sound like like during the apprentice days, Ben would like be protesting. Right? Like, like just randomly, just like yeah, I during these practice days, I, I knew right. Then, then Ben, like, ben, saw, sure. ben saw Trump at Home Alone too, and he launched a boycott. The anti-Trump aspect is the, really the main through line and goes throughout Ben's entire life. Yeah. Home Alone too, pissed off, can't take it anymore. That cameo in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, you should have seen anti-Trump host. Ben Mycellus. When I saw Trump on the Unfresh Prince, I, I, I just, as oh, a child, I, I lost it. I was, and that's that planted the seeds one day. I will build an anti-Trump organization. <laughs> that type of framing of the interview from those outlets, though, it goes back to my earlier point, like shout out to the Midas Mighty, like the most media literate like group of pro-democracy warriors out there. Because instantly, I was looking at the comments within those sections and the comments on the articles or tweets that had framing similar to that. They're like, these guys are pro-democracy. Like y'all are calling them like super leftists, whatever. Yeah. And so like, like, like just again, huge shout out to the Midas Might here and just reminding the people who are releasing these stories that at the end of the day, this network prides itself on being pro-democracy. I'm getting a little in the weeds here, but what I noticed they did also is for the search engines, they put Midas Touch so that when people Google Midas Touch, that would come up. Um, but they changed it for their website. 
for whatever reason. I don't know why they made that change, um, but they clearly wanted to piggyback off the view, the Midas Touch views, um, but they didn't want it on their headline on the site. Um, and I couldn't tell you why, but I feel like, you know, they're probably just going for whatever they think is going to get the most clicks. Okay. So again, we're going through what <laughs> Snopes could have fact checked instead of using the word in versus on. How about Donald Trump saying that he would have one New York, California and Illinois and will win if Jesus came down and was the scorekeeper. Play the clip. That base, we have to go out and earn it. And like in 2016, we just ran the whole East Coast of the country and that made up for California, which I actually believe that if they didn't have rigged elections out there, if they didn't have all the paper about, you know, they send out like 36 million ballots and nobody knows where the hell they're going to or coming from. I think a few people know where they're going to and a few people know where they're coming from. But I think if you had a real election and Jesus came down and God came down and said, I'm going to be the scorekeeper here, I think we'd win there. I think we'd win in Illinois and I think we'd win in New York, which is all places that in theory. Yeah, Snopes doesn't fact check that. Why, why would Snopes fact check something as basic as fact checking Donald Trump saying that the California, New York and Illinois elections are all rigged? And if Jesus was the scorekeeper, he would. They can't, ar- can't argue with that logic. I mean, you know, Brian Tyler Cohen, I think, said it best online. He said something along the lines of I'm kind of happy that he says things that are that outrageous and that stupid because it shows that he just lies about everything. It doesn't matter how ridiculous the lie and perhaps there is a small percentage of people who may say this guy would have never have won California or New York or like what what are you talking about? And maybe they realize, just maybe, maybe they realize maybe he's lying about other things too. I'm not going to hold my breath, don't you worry. Here's Donald Trump telling his voters to practice voter intimidation in cities with high black populations like Detroit, Philadelphia, and Atlanta. Play this clip. Evidence we have so, and everybody knows it and they know it. You know, the one thing they don't want to talk about is the election. They don't want to talk because they're guilty as hell. They cheated like hell. They know it. And you'll never find out all the ways, but we don't need all the ways because, you know, it was, I think 22,000 votes separated it. And we have millions and millions of votes. It's a very sad thing. So the most important part of what's coming up is to guard the vote. And you should go into Detroit and you should go into Philadelphia and you should go into some of these places, Atlanta, and you should go into some of these places. And we got to watch those votes when they come in, when they're being, you know, uh, shoved around in wheelbarrows and dumped on the floor and everyone's saying, what's going on? So we're like a third world nation. A third world nation, and we can't let it happen. Remember, when you're a media organization, the power of your pen, your camera, your digital platform is so important. And for an organization like Snopes or others to let statements like that just go by. And it's not like they're ignoring these speeches. As we discussed, they're covering these speeches, but they are fact-checking the people who are criticizing the speeches appropriately and protecting Trump. 
that is something that we need to call out as well. And Jordy, as your point is well taken, the Midas Mighty here needs to be out there spreading these messages and letting people know. Because what makes this platform actually more powerful than some of the major cable networks and mostly all of them is not just that there are more views and more engagement here, but it's that the Midas Mighty after these shows are completed, are out there speaking to friends and family members and coworkers and letting them know, hey, did you see this clip? Did you see this hot take? Did you see this duet? Did you see this? Did you see this show? And that is something that is so, so powerful. We have a lot more show to go on today's after show. I'm going to talk a little bit more than we are going to on this show about what went down in Pueblo, Colorado. We'll talk about the experience there, the lead up to interviewing President Biden, where we were positioned, when we kind of first heard about that. That's patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H. As I've said before, we don't have outside investors here at the Midas Touch Network. So one of the ways we build this platform are through those funny emojis you see right there on our YouTube channel, which is separate from our Patreon, through our pro-democracy sponsors, and through our Patreon, where we have our after shows and give lots of other exclusive content there. We'll be right back after our first quick break of the show. Good health starts with good habits. Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to take care of your mouth. This is exactly why Quip's water flosser is so essential. The Quip water flosser hits all the right spots with gentle or deep clean pressure at the touch of a button. It has an extra wide lid that fits right under the faucet and fills up in seconds. The cordless rechargeable battery lasts up to eight weeks with daily use, which means no bulky charging dock or tangled cords. The Quip Water Flosser blasts away up to 99.9% of plaque and popcorn from treated areas with precision thanks to the 360-degree rotating magnetic floss tip that snaps into place. Its easy-to-control water flow leaves you feeling squeaky clean. The design is sleek and slim. It's slim enough to keep your countertops as clean as your teeth, and it only costs $7 to replace the floss tips, which are shipped to you every three months to keep things flowing smoothly and prevent mineral deposits from building up. And so you know the Quip Water Flosser isn't all Quip has to offer. The electric toothbrush has timed sonic vibrations with 30 second pulses to guide a dentist recommended two minute clean. And Quip's mint and gum prevents cavities and freshens breath when chewed for 20 minutes after eating. I truly have Quip to thank for my entire dental care routine. And I don't know where I'd be without them. If you go to getquip.com slash Midas right now, you'll get 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, and water flosser. That's 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, or water flosser at getquip.com slash Midas, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Midas. Quip, the good habits company. Being on top of your mental health game is so important. And as you know, we here at the Midas Touch Network are working around the clock. And it's easy to fall into bad habits or routines because, well, life gets in the way, especially with your diet. 
Frankly, I think most people can relate. Everyday life does get in the way, making it challenging to find a healthy snack without all the sugar and junk. Now, if you're busy and constantly on the go like me, you need to try Mosh. It's a protein bar made for your brain. With six delicious flavors, each Mosh bar includes 12 grams of protein and is made with ingredients that support brain health like ashwagandha, lion's mane, collagen, and omega-3s. At 160 calories and only one gram of sugar, Mosh protein bars are the guilt-free snack your brain and body will crave. Your brain is your number one tool, which is why Mosh protein bars were mindfully formulated by some of the top neuroscientists and functional nutritionists. Mosh now has a new line of plant-powered protein bars in three delicious flavors. For those who want all of the protein and brain support of the original bar, now made with plant-based ingredients. I have a Mosh bar literally every day to kick off my morning, and it has totally improved my performance. I love the taste, especially of the peanut butter Mosh bar, delicious. Not to mention the packaging, it makes it super easy to take them with me if I ever find myself hungry between meetings. Don't settle for a mediocre snack when you can nourish your body and mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. So whether you're at the gym, on the go, or living your best life, Mosh Protein Bars will keep your brain fit-fueled and feeling good. Head to moshlife.com slash Midas to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six-count trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack, which includes all six mouthwatering flavors. M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E dot com slash Midas. Welcome back to the Midas Touch podcast. We are fact checking Donald Trump's speech in Iowa, doing the work that Snopes could have done. Instead, they focused on the semantics of Donald Trump saying that he's declaring war on democracy, which he clearly said. And Snopes wanted us to know that he was saying the war in democracy, which doesn't even make any sense at all. Donald Trump, in this next clip I'm going to show you, claims that he got the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, elected. Here, play this clip. That difficult. This state is not that difficult. And it's a great state with great people. But she became the uh, governor. And then she called me. She had a big problem. She was running against a very wealthy man, I believe a farmer. Handsome man, they said. Handsome, good-looking, wealthy, had everything. Uh, Democrat. And he was way up in the polls. And he was going to win. And I came in, I did a big rally, I did a big endorsement of her, I fought like hell, and she ended up winning, right? And then the second time was much easier, but uh, I also kept you in the position of first. You were first in the nation, which I didn't have to do. So I did all these things, and then I spoke to Kim uh, about, you know, four or five months ago, whatever, and uh, she said, I'd like to remain neutral. I said, You'd like to, I'd like to remain neutral, too. I didn't have to come here and do rallies for you. And she said, what do you mean? Well, because we're first in the nation, I'd like to remain. Neutral. I said, I'm the one that kept you first in the nation. She said, well, I, it's, you know, because of that, though, I'd like to remain neutral. I'd like to be able to go and really uh, politic and work with all of the candidates. I said, all of the candidates are running against me. That doesn't sound like so good. And it wasn't a quid pro quo, as they used to say in impeachment hoax number one, which there were none except with them. They had the quid pro quo. They're the ones that cheated. We didn't cheat at all. But, you know, she said, uh, I think I'd like to be able to campaign with everybody. I said, so you're actually telling me that you want to be able to campaign with everybody because you're first in the nation. I'm the one that made you first in the nation. 
again, it gives you a window into his deranged mind. It's hard to even follow all of the things that he's saying in that stream of consciousness. It's just a bunch of word salad. And it's just weird, too, as he's like a very handsome man, a very rich and handsome man. <laughs> and I helped her beat the rich and handsome man. And it's like, all right. man. I mean, again, though, he's repeatedly attacking. She's a popular governor, and he claims she's not popular there. There are a lot of people not endorsing Donald Trump in Iowa. And Iowa is a caucus state. It's a very unique structure that they have there. I've been saying it before. I know that people are seeing Donald Trump ahead in the polls in Iowa, but it requires a lot of organization and Trump has none of it. I would not be surprised if there was a big shocker in Iowa and New Hampshire or New Hampshire. And I think people are just getting sick of this routine that he does. I want to show you this one right here as well. Here, Donald Trump claims that he got the endorsement of Black Lives Matter. Um, I want you to show you this and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Did you see where a very respected representative of Black Lives Matter, New England territory, right? New England uh, endorsed... Trump, he said. I, uh, I mean, the cult has no clue what to even clap for anymore. <laughs> Earlier in the speech, he gave like a racist rant about cities with high black populations. He's repeatedly called BLM a terrorist organization and says BLM and Antifa terrorist organizations, this and that. The entire Republican Party, the MAGA Republican Party, one of their main talking points is to attack BLM. And then he's just, one, he's lying too. There's not a respected BLM leader who's endorsed. There's a former member of BLM in Rhode Island who was demoted and kicked out of the organization someone by the name of Mark Fisher. Mark Fisher went on the Roland Martin show and refused to condemn the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and said that he stands in solidarity with groups like that. And Roland Martin kept on pressing him and pressing him. We did a hot take on this as well. Um, but then the Fox headline is like that the leader, the co-founder of all BLM. They're just liars. There's liars, supports Donald Trump. And then they'll do another segment saying that BLM is terrorists. Like none of, there's no consistency here. It is all just a word (laughs) salad of lies to try to get, I mean, he's doing it because he he thinks that this is a way to pick off votes. Um, And on the one hand, he can tell his cult they're terrorists, but then celebrating the endorsement, what? And he wants the headline and he gets the headline. I mean, he knows how the game is played here and he knows that Fox is going to run whatever they're going to run. Unfortunately, far too many other media organizations also run similar headlines just based off what Donald Trump is saying, but not based off what the actual facts are. This is like a random individual who was once in black light. Like it's, this is not anybody of substance, yet he says that. And you could tell even like his audience in that clip does, like, does, doesn't even know, like, are we supposed to clap at this? Like, like for the past like six point. years, he's been, he's, he's been calling this group like terrorists and like has been going after them. And now he's celebrating them, but it's our cult leader. So I, I guess we got to give it a little clap. I, I don't know. And then you see like Ron DeSantis hop on to slam him for that. It's just like it's a weird thing, and it's one of the ways that he tries to play every single side of the issue so that he could get little sound bites that are kind of one for this group, one for that group, one for Fox, one for here. And that's how he plays the game. You know, there's, he's, 
talks around every single issue. You know how in uh, sitcoms they have the laugh tracks to cue the audience. You know <laughs> when, when you're supposed to laugh. With Trump, he he's cued his audience to Black Lives Matter, boo them, boo them, or lock her up. Yeah, start cheering. So Ben, to your point about this word salad, is Trump he makes his own audience sort of tune out and they just sort of cue in for these buzzwords ultimately, at least that's what it feels like. And that's why if you re-listen to that clip, when he says what he says about the proposed person from Black Lives Matter, they don't know what to do. It's so silent and so awkward for a minute. And then the one person paying attention started to clap. You know, Trump wants the headline BLM co-founder endorses him. That's what he's looking for so that he can kind of spread that message to try to get votes. And this is, again, one of my gripes with legacy media. It's like you need to fact check that stuff immediately. You can't just let people spread propaganda while they spread this propaganda that helps Trump. They're also spreading the propaganda that goes after President Joe Biden. I don't know if you've been seeing this, Brett, but there's this like hashtag. It seemed very AstroTurk to me. This hashtag abandon Biden movement or no Biden vote 2024. And I and it seems like every three weeks the media publishes a story on this because I see these headlines, you know, every three weeks since October. And it's you know, here, here's the here's the headline from Politico. Swing state Muslim leaders launch campaign to, quote, abandon Biden in 2024. The NBC headline, swing state Muslim Americans threaten to vote against Biden. The New York Post headline, Muslim American voter group vows to abandon Biden over Gaza war. And so I just wanted to understand these facts and, and understand what are they reporting here? And, and, and here's what I found, Brett. There are two people who are quoted the most in these articles, one individual by the name of Hassan Abdel Salam and another one by the name of Hassan Shibli. So I just wanted to see who are the individuals, Hassan Shibli and Hassan Abdel Salam, who are the ones quoted over and over again here. So when I look at Hassan Shibli and you go back to his earlier posts, he appears to be someone who's never supported President Biden at all. And here's what he said back on March of 2020. He called Biden disgusting, disgusting. How did Biden feel about Arabs? Biden's campaign slogan is, quote, we know Joe. Well, we know Joe very well. We know before he was pandering to our community for votes, he was at APAC calling Arabs, and it's very critical of President Biden. This is not a supporter of President Biden. And then I wanted to see, is there any other data on who this Hassan Shibley is? I saw that he's spoken on uh, Fox before. And then there was an NPR piece, how he used to be the leader of the Florida organization CARE, C-A-I-R. And this whole article about NPR is how this leader, Shibley, um, did all of these horrific things. And it says, NPR interviewed half a dozen Shibley accusers, reviewed internal documents from the organization he led and resigned from social media posts and email exchanges. Together, the accounts portray Shibley as a man who used his position to seduce women and bully critics with impunity. Shibley's critics say his alleged actions were shrouded by a culture of silence rooted partly in Muslim taboos about discussing personal scandals and partly out of fear. And there's this incident, for example, that talks about when Shibley was out on a corporate event. He was using the corporate phone to take photographs of the, uh, uh, the the flight attendants 
backsides on the plane. Quote, it was just very explicitly uncomfortable to know that my supervisor was essentially taking secret pictures of women while I was on an international trip with him. So he resigned from this Muslim organization that he led in Florida. But in all of these articles, there's like no, he denies the allegations, but there's no mention of the history anywhere. And then when I looked at Hassan Abdel Salam and the uh, initiative that that he started, I'm looking like, okay, well, here he's, he's a professor at University of Minnesota. And here's the pledge. It says, pledge to no vote for Biden. And then when you look into it, it says, who are the people taking the pledge? There's a total of 10,818 signatures total. Now, does this represent American voters? Does it represent American voters in Michigan? Isn't this the type of data, Brett and Jordan, that we, we would just want to know? like as as a way to understand the information that we're we're being fed. Well, here's what it says. It says all people worldwide are asked to sign this pledge even if they cannot vote in the US election as an act of solidarity. So it's a pledge not to vote for President Biden being signed by people who are not eligible to vote in US elections. And how do the articles not mention that part of it? So what you have here, and, and none of these organizations have large social media presence, right? But they have a press release. And then these media organizations, whether it's NBC or Politico and others, publish it. They create this whole narrative out there. And it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of here's what's happening, but the media is the one actually creating what is happening. And when you look at the fine print of what this is about, it's inconsistent with what the headlines are being fed. Yet this is the type of diet that the media is feeding people on a daily basis, both fact-checking people who are critical of Trump, and on the other hand, putting out articles like this that is not telling the objective reality of, of what's going on here. And that's all I want. Just tell me the objective reality that this right. organization is inviting people who are non-U.S. voters to say they're not voting for him. Just say that if you're going to write the article. Yeah, and there's nothing the media likes more than to toss up like a volley, right? They they love to toss up the ball and then let people tee off on it, right? Mm -hmm. So this 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 is their ideal story for that strategy in a world where you just want to get clicks, right? Because on this story, you could get clicks from everybody. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the Democratic voters are going to be angered by this news, right? They're going to be livid. How could this happen? How could this be? And the right wing people are going to be loving this news and they're going to want to spread it to say, ha ha, look at all the people leaving the Democrats and leaving Joe Biden. It creates this perfect storm kind of media BS narrative where they're getting clicks from all the sides, where everybody starts to pick up your story and link back to your website. And it's all based on nothing. It's all based on like a press release. When Ben sent me the social media accounts of these people, when they announced it, it was literally, it had what, 22 likes, Ben, the post? 22, 22 likes. 22, 22, not 22,000 likes, not 22, it had 22 likes. There was a group of what, like eight people in the photo? There was like barely anybody in this photo that they took. And then the media turns this into like, this is an international effort. You know, everybody in the world out there is leaving. And when you just peer a little bit closer, 
you see that A, that's BS, and B, this person who's created the abandoned Biden movement was never with Biden in the first place. You kind of have to be with somebody in order to abandon them. It's like, yo, we, we it's like, uh, Jordy, I'm, I'm breaking up with you. I was never dating you. What are you talking about? You can't break up with me. We're never dating. What are we talking about here? And, you know, and all it took was what, Ben, like 30 seconds of us looking at this person's old tweets and finding that he called President Biden disgusting in 2020 and said that no one should vote for him them as well. I mean, that should probably be the lead of this. Uh, if you're going to write this piece, you know, that this is a, a fake thing. But I, what, what, what are you going to do? And, and Brett, when we talk about Trevi and Cuddy, Donald Trump's co-defendant in the oh, Rico God. case, you know, as Ron Filipkowski, our editor in chief, pointed out, he's like, is anybody else like watching <laughs> what's going on other than Midas Touch? Like, why are we the people who consistently keep calling out these violations? And the thing is, these things are taking place before our eyes. Brett, that research that we just shared about the, quote, abandoned Biden movement that debunks the whole thing. I'd love to be like, oh, let me tell you what I did. I spent 15 hours delving into this, you know, underworld of a massive psyop and I found the bot farm. I just Googled it. I just wanted to see, okay. Put his name in it, put in Biden. (laughs) All I did was I put in the people's names. There it is. I put in Biden and I wanted to see if over and over again these people were, you know, mentioned Biden or or didn't mention Biden and what their and what their views were about it. And it took maybe all of five minutes to, to find. And and I think that, you know, when the legacy media is doing a report like that, they should let people know. And by the way, they could still let people know that this is what the campaign is for, but they should also counter it with the objective reality that here's also some of the problematic nature with the representations behind it. And I just want to show you two or three other posts that Donald Trump's been making. And at last night at 1 a.m., this is what he's doing with his time. He goes, Robert De Niro is a, quote, mental midget whose mind is shot and whose life is a total train wreck. There's another post where he says, crazy Liz Cheney, who suffers from Trump derangement syndrome. Wow, 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 crying, crying, crying. This is what he's posting at 1 a.m. in the morning. And it's over post, 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 post. And as I've always said before, could you imagine if President Biden behaved like this for just one second, posted anything that resembled any of it, said anything like any of the videos that Trump just, could you imagine? As I said, I wouldn't support him for all of the great things that I think President Biden's done with the Inflation Reduction Act, which I'll talk about in a moment, the CHIPS Act, the PACT Act, infrastructure, 40,000 infrastructure projects, third quarter GDP revised up to 5.2% GDP growth. America's leading all G7 nations with the fastest growing GDP and the lowest inflation of all G7 nations. One of the first times in history where the American economy is growing faster than China by every one of those metrics. That's positive. And as President Biden says, this is not a spike the football moment. This is about bottom up, middle out economics and we've got to work every day for our workers. This isn't a spike. I guarantee you if Trump was in office, spike the football. The front page of every newspaper would be, we are in a golden age. The SNP is higher than it's been in a century. It would be called the golden age of Trump if what was happening (laughs) now with the economy 
was happening during Trump. But President Biden recognizes that despite traditional metrics being good, that American workers are still suffering and there's a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I got out of my interview with President Biden. Roll up our sleeves and let's get to work, bottom up, middle out. And when I spoke to the workers at that factory at CS Wind, them telling me, look, our factory was falling apart. We were losing jobs here at CS Wind. Things were going badly. We were shutting down. Now we are expanding CS Wind. We're doubling the size of the CS Wind factory here as a result of the Inflation Reduction Act. So I want you to take all of the clips I just showed you with Donald Trump, and I want you to compare it with my interview with President Biden. And what I want to share for you right now, for example, and and this interview was conducted after President Biden spoke at the CS Wind factory in Pueblo, Colorado, which is in Lauren Boebert's congressional district. It was such an honor to have the opportunity to interview President Biden um, at that location. We got to hear from the governor there, the mayor, who talked about how the Inflation Reduction Act was not just helping Pueblo, Colorado, but all of Colorado. And we've seen those results across the nation. But I want to show you this clip. So as President Biden has said, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. And so that's the framework that I use in this interview. And so I wanted to show President Biden what Lauren Boebert said about the Inflation Reduction Act back when it was passed and recently. And she said it was a massive failure and another con by the Democratic Party. I want to play this clip and I'd love to know what you thought about it. Play the clip. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. We are joined by President Joe Biden. Mr. President, it is such an honor. Well, you're doing a great job. You know, sometimes, uh, in my view, the best politics is truth. You're telling the truth. Truth is golden is our slogan. I've heard you say, don't compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternative. So we're here in Pueblo, Colorado. Gave an incredible speech. We're at the CS Wind Turbine Factory, the largest wind turbine factory in the world. You were talking about the Inflation Reduction Act and jobs being brought to cities and communities across the United States of America and here in Pueblo. And the MAGA Republican representative, though, of Pueblo, Colorado, is MAGA Republican Lauren Boebert. And she gives the alternative position there on the Inflation Reduction Act. And she says that the Inflation Reduction Act is a massive failure. And she said that it is another con by the Democrats. If I can, I want to show you a video of MAGA Republican Lauren Boebert talking. I apologize in advance for even showing this to you. And it does the exact opposite of what Americans need right now. This is just another con game by the Democrats calling something one thing and saying another. This is making the Gentleman's time has expired. The woman, gentleman is no longer recognized. The gentleman from Missouri reserves the bell. Mr. Speaker, how much time do you need? The gentlewoman is no longer recognized. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. If it weren't so important to be humorous, what's you call a massive failure? The only massive failure occurs in their thinking. The idea that in their own district. We've created so many new good-paying jobs. And by the way, it's generating economic growth across the board. Across the board. 
And when people get a good job, what they do is they have an opportunity to spend on things that their basic needs for themselves. And by the way, we cut the deficit by $7 billion that first year, okay? The idea that she's talking about this being a massive failure, I don't get it. I, I, I don't know whether they just don't understand anything or whether or not they, in fact, are... Uh, I hope she comes back here and tells the people in this factory, the largest wind turbine factory in the world, that this is a massive failure. It's her district. I invite her to come back. Come back and tell the folks back home this is a massive failure. Tell the folks back home that all that we've done to generate economic growth is not worth it. And I'd like to ask and explain how she supports not taxing billionaires more than 8%. I have trouble explaining it. But then again, I probably shouldn't waste my time trying to. I saw in the comments, some people were saying, wow, Ben is wearing a suit. Yeah. Ben is acting a little bit different. Yeah, it was the president of the United States. <laughs> 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 I think you should have showed up just like this, Ben. I think you should have showed up hair uncombed, sweater. Uh, <laughs> it should have been your look. All I know is that if I did not wear the suit, I would have definitely disappointed my parents. I cannot go <laughs> interview the president in a sweatshirt like this. Okay. That was not going to happen. And That's so funny. Look, I, I, I just left that interview. Um, and, and one of the takeaways, too, was just normalcy and compassion and kind of thoughtful, deliberative leadership. I want to show you another clip from that interview, but I want to take our last quick break of the day. Lomi is the only appliance that prevents food waste from stinking up your kitchen and polluting the planet. Now that I've invested in a Lomi, it's changed the way I deal with my food waste. Lomi is the biggest innovation in the modern day kitchen since the dishwasher. Lomi has helped me turn my home into a climate solution. Now I can transform my organic waste into nutrient-rich Lomi earth that I can feed to my plants, lawn or garden instead of sending it to the landfill. I can help the environment and make my life easier. In just four hours, Lomi transforms almost anything you eat into nutrient-rich plant food at the push of a button. It's smart, simple food recycling, that fits my space perfectly. Cut the chore of doing the trash in half and eliminate bugs and odors in your kitchen. And here's the bonus. You get to feed your lawn and garden with an all-natural fertilizer that you just created out of your food scraps. All my food scraps, plant clippings, and even those leftovers I forgot in the back of the fridge can go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food at home. I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint also. By reducing the amount of food I send to land, Phil, I'm helping to do my part for the planet. Whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use the promo code Midas to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use the promo code MIDAS at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this episode. Finding the perfect gift can be really hard sometimes. That's why I like Aura Frames. 
named the number one best digital frame by Wirecutter. They're an easy, thoughtful gift to get your loved ones. Every year, I always have trouble shopping for my family, for my mom, my dad, and yes, even my brothers, Brett and Jordy. Aura frames would be perfect for them because it's amazingly versatile and will allow them to display all of their favorite photos and memories. The Aura frame is super high quality and it's amazing to see all of these photos cycle throughout the day. Instead of spending hours at the store, I'm now spending hours picking out photos to share. You can upload as many pictures as you want before and after it's shipped out from anywhere. And you don't have to agonize over choosing the perfect one photo. There's unlimited storage and grandpa or mom or whoever can swipe the top of the frame to see everything and pick their favorites as well. Make holiday shopping easier than ever this year and give a thoughtful gift they'll love. From now through Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Aura's having their best deal of the year. Listeners can save $40 on their best-selling Carver Matte Frame by visiting AuraFrames.com slash Midas. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com slash Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S. Use promo code Midas to get $40 off their best-selling frames. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back, Jordy. How about them pro-democracy sponsors right there, huh? Shout out to the pro-democracy sponsors. Links are in the descriptions. It's not too late to get your holiday shopping done. They make for some great gifts. I could speak firsthand on that. I want to go back to my interview with President Biden. This was part of the interview where President Biden gave his message to the Midas Mighty, to everybody watch. How cool is that? Yeah, President Biden speaking to the Midas Mighty directly here. And it's on a very serious topic, though, about our democracy being at risk here. Play this clip. So the Midas Touch supporters, the people who watch our network, call themselves the Midas Mighty. We here at the Midas Touch Network say that we're unapologetically pro-democracy. What's your message to the Midas Mighty out there and those watching right now who fear for our democracy and who just care about our democracy? You know, I made a speech in Independence Hall saying that our democracy is at risk. And even the press said, what are you talking about? Well, guess what? The vast majority of the American people thought it was, too. The idea that they have a former president who may be the nominee saying that he thinks they should be able to essentially walk away from the Constitution. He should be, I mean, the things they're saying are just off the wall. And it's, uh, and we better step up. I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years. And I also taught uh, at, at law school. And uh, the idea that democracy is inevitable is just not true. It's under siege. And we have to put a stamp of democracy on everything we do. Put that stamp on of democracy on everything we do. You can watch the full Midas Touch interview with President Biden. It's on our feed. Make sure you check that out. Share it with family members, friends, coworkers, anybody you know. And I thought... You know, one of the things that was important to me was just to have like a Midas Touch conversation with President Biden. And by that, Mm -hmm. I mean just a real convo, you know, like not this kind of stuck up, like ultra formal, but also I didn't want it to be kind of loosey goosey. Like I wanted it to be, you know, 
two people just having a chat about the importance of democracy, period, you know, and I hope that's what kind of came across there. And, you know, again, to have a president of the United States kind of just so thoughtfully and deliberatively answer those questions, like, again, I, I don't drink, but I, and neither does President Biden, but I felt like that could have, well, if we, you know, if we were drinking tea, um, <laughs> like us grabbing a cup of Joe you know, grabbing a cup of coffee together and having that conversation. And there really isn't a lot of interviews like that in, in the history of the United States with presidents. So that's to me was a cool way to do it. And that's kind of how the, that level of authenticity is what I aspire, what we aspire to have the Midas touch be every single day. So I hope that's what kind of came across in the, in the full interview. Yeah, and you did a great job, I got to say. And there was, uh, we'll get into the details of like how it kind of all went down and our last minute rush to get everything set and, and yeah. settled so that we can make it happen because it was pretty wild in the Patreon. But you could not tell from your interview that we were running around like maniacs to try to secure that at the very end. And then we got it kind of at the last second and made it happen. And I, I think you just, I just want to, you know, just send my, uh, you know, congratulations to you on a job well done. I think you represented the Midas Mighty incredibly proud. I think you that got some step. really incredible answers out of the president. And I think that's really going to go down as like a historic piece of the Biden presidency in this moment in time when our democracy is in peril and the statements that he made. I think it's very powerful. Couldn't well, agree more, B. Couldn't agree more. Excellent job, Ben. Well, thank you, Brett and Jordy. And I couldn't have done that without the Midas Mighty, right? And as President Biden said, when I thanked him for the work he does for democracy, he goes, it's not me, man. It's the American people. Um, and that's one of the kind of just his humility, right? At the end of the day. And he said, this is about the American people. It's not I, this isn't me. This is about the American people. And I want to, again, give a shout out to all the Midas Mighty, because that's not possible without this community that you all created. And we hope we're doing justice for this community each and every day. And speaking about doing justice, some important impact reporting over at MidasTouch.com with our editor-in-chief, Ron Filipkowski, one of the best editors-in-chief in the game, overseeing an incredible team of researchers and writers who around the clock are monitoring so many things. It's actually such an honor to even be in some of these group chats that we have and the Slack and everything, just to see these people at work. It is so incredibly, um, it is so incredibly impressive um, what they're able to find and identify that no one else in legacy media is doing. That's one of the uh, ways we, one of the things we do with patreon.com slash Midas touches, we utilize that to help fund and grow the team of researchers and writers that we have. So not only do you get the exclusive content, like the, we're going to do the after show at patreon.com slash Midas touch after this. Uh, where we'll talk about what went down leading up to the Biden interview, the President Biden interview. But that also helps support uh, the growth of our independent media platform since there are no outside investors here. And it contributes to reporting just like this. And so our team of reporters, um, in addition to identifying like prior violations of gag orders and prior violations of terms of release, they, they nailed it again. So Trevian Cuddy, who's one of the RICO co-defendants uh, in the Fulton County District Attorney case, 
she took to Instagram Live and started, you know, in my opinion, I mean, I'll let you know what you think about it, threatening Ruby Freeman once again, attacking Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis in some of the most despicable ways, which in my view is a clear violation of the terms of release, which say you can't threaten or intimidate witnesses or say things to try to undermine the judicial process there. It seems to be a pretty direct threat. And just to remind you who Trevian Cuddy is, um, she refers to herself as a crisis PR manager. She says she's worked for Kanye West and R. Kelly in the past. And she worked with someone by the name of Harrison Floyd. And leading up to the January 6th insurrection on January 4th, she was at the Cobb, uh, the Cobb County police station. And she was had Ruby Freeman there. And she was basically trying to induce a false confession out of Ruby Freeman and saying all these horrible things to her then. Um, and so she's one of the people in this RICO criminal indictment for her role in intimidating people like Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss, former Georgia election workers back then. So here's what our team at MidasTouch.com was able to find as Trevian Cuddy went on her Instagram live. This is the video. This was a Midas Touch exclusive right here. And just to kind of focus you on um, – the key moments of this. Um, Cuddy said that she's, quote, taking down the hoe, um, is what she says. And then she appears to threaten Ruby Freeman by saying, there's a woman sitting somewhere who knows that I'm going to F her whole life up when this is done. Here, play this clip. You can't kill Trump when his entire base is a militia. You can't do it. Negro... Your mama's fingerprints are on 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 it too. Look, okay. I I just I I, I want to respect black people and black men, but when you come over here and you act crazy and you talk crazy to me, you're gonna be you you'll be outdone. Okay, you'll be outdone. Everybody's alive. There's no murder weapon. As a matter of fact, there's a woman sitting somewhere who knows. This whole thing is a lie. Who knows? I never did anything to her. Who knows? I never. Who knows? She begged me for help. There's a woman sitting somewhere who knows that I'm going to fuck her whole life up when this is done. It is on video. That's the best thing. But you got a cut and paste video. OK, so that's amazing that it is. on. That's the best thing about it. It's on video in a police station. So we have now learned that the Fulton County District Attorney's Office has initiated an investigation um, as well into what you wow. just saw right there. You said um, was a, crisis, a crisis PR uh, person? Crisis. Could you, could you, could you imagine? Could you imagine her in a crisis uh, if this is how she handles herself? Well, you said her clients were Kanye and R. Kelly. So. As I say, oftentimes you get the lawyer you deserve, and I guess you get the crisis PR manager you deserve. I get get it now. I get it. Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis's team is currently investigating this. By the way, this could not just be a violation of the terms of release, but it could also lead to a superseding indictment or another indictment against Trevian Cuddy for witness intimidation, and more charges could be filed against her. Trevi and Cuddy then threatened Midas Touch and Ron Filipkowski. She says, at Ron Filipkowski, the Midas Touch are the very people we must fight against. 
The desperate fake news outlet is nothing without the 10 articles you've done on me. Your whack publication will never be anything unless I sue you and take it over. (laughs) Revy in touch has a ring to it. And then our editor in chief, Ron Filipkowski wrote, I'm not the one who went on Instagram and threatened a witness against me in a criminal case. We just published the clips of it. And it also just goes to this whole kind (laughs) of deranged. Such a great post by Ron. And it goes to this whole deranged Uh, view of MAGA in general, though. Like she says that what Midas Touch would not exist without 10 articles. Wait, stop the presses. Alert Mediaite. They said anti-Trump. They should have said anti-Trevian Coody. (laughs) publication and then they would have been accurate there you go the anti-trevian coody organization because trevian here says the desperate fake news outlet is nothing without the 10 articles you've done them i do like that she uh, read through searched her name and, and found all the pieces that we wrote on her but like ben said we have researchers working around the clock watching the social media postings of all of the co-defendants in these cases to see that they're not misbehaving, attacking witnesses, disrupting the legal system. And so if you're going to do that, then don't go ahead and blame the people who are simply recording your own words, your own actions. You're the one who decided to go on Instagram Live and say the things that you said. Now you have to face the consequences of those actions. And I do expect that tomorrow we will get more news on this. There was a lot of news on this after we broke the story. Uh, today with all the various media publications confirming that it looks like the Fulton County uh, prosecutors are investigating uh, these statements. And now we'll have to see what happens. I'm curious to see if we see a revoking of the bond or if it goes one step further also to that superseding indictment step that Ben mentioned. And this is much more direct than anything we've seen before. Frankly, it's much more direct than any of Donald Trump's threats that he's made. Mm. It's much more direct than any of Harrison Floyd's threats that he made. And Harrison Floyd was whisked to court and was uh, reprimanded, and they they revised the terms of his bond. But Harrison Floyd even did not directly threaten a specific witness in this way. He mentioned them, he indirectly threatened them, but he did not call them out and say, I'm going to F you up. Like that is a whole new level that Trevian Cuddy is trafficking in here. It's why you have to hold Donald Trump accountable though, because his conduct gives the green light and permission for other people to engage in this behavior, or at least feel that they could engage in this behavior. And I'm not just talking about the immediate MAGA supporters. Like I think about Donald Trump's speech at the Iowa high school where he talked about hookers and getting peed on and all of these things. And that's at a high school in Iowa. And as one of the teachers who reached out to us, you know, said to me, think about how that's impacting our children and our grandkids. They're watching that behavior and they're seeing this is someone who's supposed to be the leader of a political party. The bullying, the meanness, the punching down, the threats, the violence. It is a culture that has developed around Donald Trump, MAGA, that he's responsible for. That is a perversion of some of the things that really make our country an incredible place. And, you know, as I was just kind of watching Trevi and Cuddy speak right there, it, it reminded me just of some of these other just kind of people in the MAGA orbit as well. And like, you have to step back sometimes and be like, wait a minute. So one of the main 
Republican like consultants slash influencers, like one of the most powerful voices of the Republican Party, right, is a avatar that calls itself cat feces, cat turd. And it's here it is. Here's cat turd right here. And then cat turd attacks the, the neocon rhinos and, and, and also mocks the Republican Party. If you're not MAGA, you're not cat turd enough. But like cat turds, really one of the most powerful and influential voices in Republican politics. And the Republican politicians fear this account criticizing. I'm, I'm not making this up. Like they fear this account, cat feces. And then you have one of the big other kind of Republican influencers, Osama bin Laden's niece. And bin Laden goes on the Steve Bannon show and talks about how the January 6th insurrectionists are actually patriots and political prisoners. And so the uh, bin Laden is now a major right wing influencer. And then I just saw this one over the past few days. I'm not sure if you saw it, Brett, but Sammy the Rat Gravano, the murdering psychopath who admitted to killing in cold blood 19 people including his closest friend and brother-in-law, Jesse Waters and Fox News platformed this convicted felon and admitted mass murderer as someone reporting on Hunter Biden and accusing Hunter Biden of treason, a crime punishable by death, an opinion that Gravano clearly arrived at from listening to Fox. So that's who Fox is having on as a guest, Sammy the Rat Gravano, Bannon's having Bin Laden's niece. You've got Cat Turd. You've got Trevi and Cuddy making Instagram lives using this horrific language to attack the Fulton County District Attorney and 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 threatening witnesses. It, it, it is it we can't lose sight. There's so much going on. But just think about that. And, and then we're gaslighted by being told what that's conservative. That that's just not conservative. That is just MAGA. That is MAGA Trumpism. And unfortunately, that's what the Republican Party has become. And when you watch the full interview I did with President Biden, President Biden talks about that. That a lot. He's like, look, a lot of Republicans. He goes, I, I, I grew up with Republicans. I worked with Republicans for decades, and these are some actually. Good, decent people. He goes, but this MAGA thing and the fact that people who I know who support the issues that I'm fighting for too refuse to support them because they're afraid of MAGA. That was one of the most powerful moments of that interview that I did with him. And we'll talk a little bit about James Comer as just an example of that. And James Comer on a weekly basis saying, aha. I got the smoking gun. I've got a super secret whistleblower, right, against Hunter Biden. And somehow that's related to President Joe Biden. It's like an actual spy from China. Well, that makes the spy, that makes them more credible because they're a spy from China. Really? Don't you have a whole committee that's supposed to investigate collusion with spies of China? And now you're relying on a spy from China to undermine American elections, James Comer, what? Or he picks at things that like took place while Donald Trump was in office. And then when he says that we have a smoking gun witness, Hunter Biden's former business partner. And then the person, Devin Archer, testifies 
to the exact opposite of what James Comer said and said, I'm not aware of anything that President Biden did here at all, then refuses to introduce that as evidence. Like it's over and over again with all of these lies. And Brett, before going over that, I should just mention that Donald Trump filed this emergency uh, appeal. Everything with him is like an emergency appeal. Um, He wanted to go to New York's highest court. In New York, it's a little confusing. Their lower court, where Judge Ngoron sits, is called the Supreme Court. The highest court above the appellate divisions called the Court of Appeals. I know in law school, New York tries to just confuse law students with, with all of that. But Donald Trump wanted to go directly to the Court of Appeals, the highest court in New York, to allow him to attack Judge Ngoron's law clerk and remove the gag order. And uh, the appellate division basically said, you're not going to be able to do that until there's full briefing before this appellate division. And that's not going to be completed until the end of the trial before Judge and Goron. So for all purposes, that gag order is going to remain in effect. And Donald Trump's actually expected to testify. We'll see if he actually shows December 11th and before him, Eric's supposed to testify. So we have one more day of Eric testimony, one more day of Trump testimony there. Um, but again, Donald Trump almost instantaneously, you know, lost. And by the way, that gives, I think, a good indication also, though, or what it's going to look like when Donald Trump tries to appeal Judge Ngoron's uh, order. Like Judge Ngoron has set closing arguments for uh, kind of mid to early January in the civil fraud case. I think by mid-February, right before you get into the March criminal case in Washington, D.C., the special counsel Jack Smith case, Trump's going to get hit with uh, a judgment by Judge Ngoron that's going to be close to a billion dollars, like leading right into that March trial date for Trump's attempt to overthrow the results of the uh, 2020 election where Mark Meadows and Pence are going to be testifying against him at that trial. So buckle up, folks. Things are going to start getting very, very real. Brett, James Comer. Well, then, one of my astute observations, perhaps my greatest analysis that I've had on this show, the Midas Touch podcast that we all listen to, is when I said repeatedly, James Comer, very dumb person, just a very dumb, very stupid individual. And I continuously am proven right. Um, You know, of course, it is indeed malicious, but he's not even good at trying to hide his malicious intent because it is so easily disproven every time that he does everything that he does. He just is using his position of power in order to frankly smear a private citizen, just like straight up defamation, full on defamation of Hunter Biden. And he's trying to smear the president because he knows he has this immunity, right? He has immunity as a member of Congress where he can basically do anything he wants under the guise of I'm investigating. And that is his electoral strategy. He even admitted it a few weeks ago, the same way Kevin McCarthy had admitted it, that he was doing this because he saw that it was affecting the poll numbers of the president. That were in the case of Kevin McCarthy, he saw that it was affecting the poll numbers of Hillary Clinton. James Comer said this out loud on Fox a few weeks ago. Like they don't even try to hide it. And I just want to give you a brief bit of context before today's announcement, which was another announcement of just completely fake things about Hunter Biden and President Biden, which was disproven within about five seconds of of very easy research. But I want to tell you kind of why they also bring these things to light. The way they treat their followers 
is with such disdain, like such disdain for their own followers. And they're always <laughs> trying to create this sort of Russian nesting doll of lies. One lie fails, got to cover it with the other lie. That didn't work, got to cover it with the other lie. And in this case, what happened was they saw that their base was really upset, right? Why was their base upset? Their base was upset because they expelled George Santos from the House of Representatives, which is honestly one of the funniest things on the planet. I'm not even going to lie about it. But finally, George Santos has been expelled from the House of Representatives. And I want to also note that all the leadership of the Republicans, Elise Stefanik, Steve Scalise, all the leadership of the Republican Party, Mike Johnson, they voted to keep George Santos. But at least enough of the members of the Republican Party voted to expel George Santos. But for even bringing this to the floor, for even considering it whatsoever, Republicans like Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, a lot of these Republicans were furious. How dare you? Because everything to them is we must win at all costs, win, 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 win. How dare you give up one of our seats? It's not about ethics with them. It's about winning by brute force. And their followers, that's a lot of their base, the base that votes in these primaries. So the followers were also incredibly pissed off. Just the base of followers, those MAGA followers were incredibly pissed off at the Republicans for getting rid of George Santos. So anytime those followers are extremely pissed, you know, the next day, there's some sort of stunt that's going to come to try to calm them down, right? They got to distract them. It's like in the movie Up. Jordy likes when I say this. Like in the movie Up, right? You get the dog. They go squirrel. They go squirrel. And then it's a little, little distraction, right? That's how they treat their followers. So last time, you know, their, their followers are furious this time, right? So they decide, okay, we got to go back to the greatest hits. We got to go back to Hunter Biden, right? What 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 can we do? What what uh, Hunter Biden? Uh, China? No, that guy was a Chinese spy. Uh, we, we we can't use that. What they landed on with this one was they were like breaking. This is this is how they do it, and they all like tweet this stuff out at the same time because they're on Twitter all day. So this James Comer, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all of these MAGA influencers, they all tweet like the same thing out at the same time. And they go breaking. Hunter Biden's business entity made direct monthly payments to Joe Biden. The bank records don't lie. They received payments from Chinese state-linked companies and other shady entities. Joe Biden knew and benefited from his family's business schemes. Okay, so that gets spread. It gets retweeted. It doesn't take more than really, honestly, like a couple minutes before people find what James Comer is talking about here, because this is something that has already been investigated and has already been in the public record throughout all of this and even before. But what James Comer was talking about was $4,000. Remember, James Comer said that Joe Biden took $5 million. Five, uh, Donald Trump at his rally the other day said $5 billion. They just make up the numbers, right? From, from the Chinese. So James Comer, with all of his deception, managed to find payments of around $4,000. They were payments that Joe Biden, that were reimbursed to Joe Biden because Joe Biden helped Hunter Biden buy a car when Hunter Biden was in the throes of addiction. And so what happened? Hunter Biden reimbursed Joe Biden in four payments of $1,000 and change. And it is all well documented. In fact, we have the picture of the car right here. This is the literal car that Hunter Biden is now uh, put in his scheme as this example of uh, Chinese money laundering to the Bidens. 
very easily disproven, right? Within like minutes, you were able to find this photo. Within minutes, you were able to find the actual documents here that say that the reimbursement to Joe Biden was for a Ford Raptor. We have it circled here for $1,380. You have here, you have Jamie Raskin's comment. He says, Chair Comer is digging up old public reporting, distorting the facts and presenting it as a, quote, breaking news. As a private citizen, Joe Biden made car payments for his son who paid him back. It's right here in the New York Post. And I love that he uses the New York Post, which is like James Comer's go-to as the source here. I thought our editor-in-chief, Ron Filipkowski's comment was spot on. He's sarcastically wrote, it's clear that when Hunter paid his dad $4,140 in 2018, and by the way, 2018, when Joe Biden was not uh, president or vice president or even running for president, the Chinese government knew that he would be president in 2021 and that $4,000 laundered through a truck loan was going to open a lot of doors for them on policy. Homer <laughs> has cracked the case. Treason! And that was what they were trying to put forward today. And they're trying to impeach Joe Biden for helping out Hunter Biden with his car payments. I mean, the whole thing is utterly ridiculous. They have absolutely nothing. And this, by the way, is exactly why Comer does not want to have these public hearings. This is why Comer wants everything done under the shroud of secrecy. Because in those secret hearings, the same way that he's done in the past, he could go to those closed rooms, take the depositions, come out and say whatever the heck he wants to the media. The same way he's lying about these facts that are right in front of your face. Imagine if it was a closed door hearing that nobody had access to, and he would come out and he would try to set the narrative and say whatever he wants. They run on lies and they run on deception. And it's just such an atrocious example here where you are smearing a private citizen, just it's straight up defamation. Like if James Comer were a private citizen, he would be like bankrupted in defamation suits. Because oh, this totally. is so, like this is so egregious and, and so vile and so despicable. But he gets to have his protection of being a member of Congress. And the fact that he's trying to use this for one of the most serious functions of our government, mm. which is impeaching a sitting president. Because you're making stuff up. And he has a Speaker of the House who's willing to go along with the charade. It just shows you how unserious these politicians are, these Republicans. It shows you how dangerous they are and how they don't care about the facts when it comes to any little thing. I mean, from Donald Trump saying that he probably won California to James Comer trying to say these $4,000 worth of payments is actually a China thing when it's actually a truck. You see, the lies are everywhere. Like they lie about everything. It does not matter how big or small they are. Have you noticed too, every time they try and throw out these outlandish conspiracies about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, it ultimately in the most professional rake stepper moment of all time for these MAGA Republicans, it just makes President Biden look like a good dad. Like, You're hey, so right. It's a solid dude right there. He's going to help, you know, his son who's in the throes of addiction, get back on his feet and help him with cars and uh, get a car. And then his son's going to pay him back. They're going to get on a payment plan. That's a good family. That's a solid freaking family in my point. book. I mean, every and, time. and they and the MAGA Republicans can't wrap their head around right. that a father would do this for their son. It's impossible. He helped his son get out of addiction. That that can't possibly be. And all these MAGA Republicans are going on Fox in their right wing echo chamber right now, and they're basically in this like frenzied panic mode and they're not giving data they're not giving facts 
They're also the same way it's being revealed what a great dad President Biden is. They're also revealing what kind of crappy people they are. Like what is beneath all of the hate that they spew are these really self-loathing, hateful people who don't have love in their heart and want to bring the rest of this country down to their level of just being completely and utterly miserable. And so they're showing us who they are. That's why, you know, you could call it corny here or you could say, but like, but like it is important that we do talk about things like love and compassion and spreading positivity because there are so many places that just try to spew hate and venom and just get their audience so pissed off and upset to do bad things. We want to give you the facts. And then as a community, let's do great things together. Let's deliver things to the American people. Let's make sure we protect people's freedoms. And let's make sure that people can get better paying jobs and have better working conditions and can have access to health care. We can lower prescription drug prices and we can protect our veterans and we can support and protect our troops and we can make education accessible and affordable, that we can build great infrastructure projects, that we could bring jobs overseas back here in the United States of America with things like the Infrastructure Act. Let's talk about how we can channel the facts and our love and our compassion to do things to make this country a better place. That's the vision that I love about the Midas Mighty. That's the vision that I love about the pro-democracy community. And that's what I loved hearing during that interview that we had with President Biden. So for the after show, I want to focus on what went down in those moments leading up to that President Biden interview, because there was a lot of movement to have to assemble that quickly to make that happen under those time constraints. We're going to talk about that on the after show. Again, for the after show, you go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch, M-E-I-D-A-S. T-O-U-C-H, as I mentioned before, we don't have outside investors here at the Midas Touch Network. So one of the ways we build this network is through our Patreon. It's through the emojis separately that we do here on the YouTube and through our pro-democracy sponsors. And for Patreon, not only do we have those after shows, we also have exclusive Zoom meetups We've been so busy with what was happening last week. We're going to be announcing our next Zoom meetup soon, where I'm so thrilled to be able to meet all of you again and answer all of your questions. And I just want to leave you with this. When I did that interview with President Biden and I completed the interview with President Biden, I saw people in the comments saying, you know, how did you feel? How did it feel? I felt so proud to be a part of the Midas Mighty. I felt so proud to be an American. Really did. I felt such a love for our constitution and our democracy, but just the the love and support of this community is so incredible. And that gives me the strength every day to work as hard as we do here and to provide the type of reporting that we do here. And I know that you know, each of you have your own unique story who watch and listen to this, you know, whether it's quietly or in your community, how you are 
working so hard to support yourself and family and how you're doing your best to be productive in your communities and at work and everything that you're doing to protect, preserve, and defend our democracy here and to protect democracy abroad. I really mean this, that y'all are the real heroes. This is a movement that you all created. And the fact that the president of the United States recognized what you all are doing What you are doing for our democracy is something that I am forever grateful for. So thank you so much, the Midas Mighty out there. And let's keep growing and building this movement together. Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! The Midas Mighty standing strong We sing our song At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right. Gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. 